The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Addiction, job loss, living together before marriage. These are just some of the issues parents face as their children become adults. And the game's still going on, but we're not on those front lines anymore. We're on the sidelines, and sometimes I can't even see the playing field. I don't know what she needs, where she is, who she's with, how to pray, but that's the beauty of the Lord is that they're never out of His reach. They might not want to listen to us, but we can talk to Him that's about right. them that's and right. He can work in their hearts. Welcome to life today. I'm James Robinson. My wife, Betty, and I are just thrilled in, in, to uh, have you as our guest. And our guest, Jody Burnt, is here praying the scriptures for your adult children, trusting God with the ones you love. This is an interesting uh, thought. How do you pray for adult children when you've prayed for them all the way through? But there's a little difference. There is. We not only have adult children, we have adult grandchildren. grandchildren. We basically have 11 adult yeah. grandchildren. We do. And thank God we have some little ones too, some <laughs> great grandchildren, <laughs> and they're far from being adult. <laughs> but would you welcome Jody to life today and let's hear what God's put on our heart. Jody, we're glad to have you. This is, uh, you know, this is, uh, to me, is a very important uh, matter. And I think you have written about praying for others. You've, you've taught in uh, seminars and so forth about how you, uh, you know, lead your children, sure. not only in prayer, but in their life. But why, why were you drawn to write about this? Obviously, some interest well, going on there personally. clearly, because I have adult children, I have four adult children, two married daughters and two children still single. Um, but this is the third book in a series. I started with Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, and then as my children hit the teen years, came out with Praying the Scriptures for Your Teens, <laughs> and then I realized, wow, we have a whole lot more ground to cover. <laughs> so we did Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children, and you said it is different. You know, um, you've heard the saying, Little people, little problems. Big people, big problems. <laughs> and when I wrote the first book, you know, I interviewed a mom who was concerned because she had heard that her son was stealing, a second grade boy was stealing crayons out of the supply closet in the Sunday school classroom. <laughs> and, you know, that's a concern. That's a legitimate concern for that a mom. That sounds but, pretty big to but me. At, but, you know, at age six or whatever, you kind of hope that it's a whoopsie and not a sign of crime sprees to come. Um, and yet, you know, fast forward and now I interview parents and their children are struggling with addictions or infertility or finding a job, finding a place to live. And the issues seem to have a little more uh, important consequence. And so that's kind of why I did the book. And also not only are our kids needs different, but I think we as parents are different. Um, we're kind of alone sometimes. We're not on the sidelines of the soccer game and having other parents. We can say, is this normal? Is this what you're dealing with? What should I do? We're a little bit more on our own. And I wanted parents to know you're not alone. You're, we're all in this together. I came up with a study guide that people could do. They could download it from the website and it's free just as a way to say, let's, let's 
build each other up. Let's hold each other up in this parenting adventure because um, we're not alone. Well, and just because your children are grown, married possibly, and have their own families, right. that doesn't mean they don't still need your encouragement, Absolutely. your prayers especially. Absolutely. You know, and I they are going to do things different than we did. They definitely are. And I think for a lot of parents, mm -hmm. that that can be tricky. Kids come to adulthood differently than we did. You know, it used to be what? Um, grow up, go to school, get a job, find a place to live, get married, have some kids. You know, now they're doing these things out of order. They're skipping some mm -hmm. steps entirely. You know, my mother and I were talking recently. She said, you know, Jody, I just don't think people get married anymore. And, and in some ways, there is a lot of, to, of that, that. And so our kids come to adulthood sometimes differently. Sometimes it's something we maybe just don't agree with. Sometimes it's something we believe may be wrong or sinful about what they're doing. Um, and yet we still love them and we still want the freedom to love them. And I write in the book, I say, you know, we need to be blessing our children because a blessing is not the same thing as an endorsement. You can still forecast God's favor over your kids' lives. You can say, the Lord has made you creative. He's made you smart. He's using these gifts in you and you can bless them and speak favor over them even if you don't agree with everything they're doing. Heck, we're making mistakes ourselves and so are our kids, but that doesn't truncate the love. Well, you know, you say you have four children and I talked to you earlier and two of them are married and when, you know, some are not married, but when they're adults, I would think that one of the areas you have to pray about is if you're not married or in love or you haven't found the person or you haven't been found, that becomes a pretty serious matter too for you to pray about. It really does. And um, I have friends whose adult children are single, like you say, and some married. And I think that what I would say to a parent in that situation and what I would pray for my own children is that their identity would be found in Christ and his love for them and not in a marital status, whether you're married, single, divorced, any of that, because all those things are extraneous. And you know that, you know, it's who you are in Christ and your value and your worth to him that is what really matters. And I think if we can model that for our children and pray that for them, then those other things don't become so life defining. You know, I think that we've, we've watched as our grandchildren have grown up and grown older. You know, some of them, it was a while before that perfect love came along. Sure. And I think prayer was a critical part of that in the, in the way you encourage mm -hmm. and help them stay at peace. You know, you're talking about praying scriptures. Do you have some suggestions of some of them that come to mind in particular instances Absolutely. that would help our viewers well, you understand? Know, there's an and awful lot of good get ones. Get the book. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll there aren't any bad ones. Yeah. Um, well, just as you talk about your grandchildren, I have to say, I interviewed a gal for this book, and I wish I'd have interviewed you <laughs> because she has 21 grandchildren, and boy, wow. she brought wow. some wisdom to me for, you know, what matters, what doesn't matter, how we can pray. So there's a chapter on praying for your grandchildren, and I just am so grateful. Her name is Susan Yates. Some of you, your viewers may know her because she also writes books. But, um, yeah, I do think prayer is such a huge part of it. I think sometimes when we... Um, when we find out that our children are doing something, whether it's six-year-old in the supply cabinet crayons or whether it's a, a big deal, we find out they have a DUI or they have just lost their job or we just find out they're struggling with an addiction of some kind. I think as parents, our default response can so easily be fear and worry, anger sometimes, you know, disappointment. And all those things are legitimate human emotions. But I think God would say, you know, this is why I invented prayer because those things aren't up to you, they're up to me, but prayer is how you partner with me in accomplishing my good purposes in your children's lives. So I'm trying to live so that my default position when I get some bad news is not to have immediate panic, 
but to just say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm going to slip my hand into yours and have that heavenly father you know, praying and, and working in my children's lives on their behalf. And you asked me different scriptures. You know, I like to pray scripturally. And what I mean by that, and your audience probably knows, is to take the words of the Bible and turn them into actual personalized prayers. One of my favorite ones to share because it was the one that got us through about a million <laughs> car trips, endless hours. Um, I just wanted my kids, when they were little, to be nice to each other, you know? <laughs> Big prayer. Um, and, and Ephesians 4, 29, I know you know it says, let no unwholesome talk come out of Hillary's mouth, that's our <laughs> eldest, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it would benefit those who listen. So when we get in the car and they're squabbling over who gets to sit where, who, you know, and I prayed it for myself too, because we moms sometimes have to watch our words, just that no unwholesome talk would come out of our mouth, but only what's helpful for building others up. And you know, there's so many of them. I'm just coming out with these 31 day prayer calendars on the website as well, and they're free downloads. And I love doing them, but I got a little frustrated because just picking 31 for your children or 31 for your teens or 31 for your adult children, I just was like, I need, I need more. You know, <laughs> so you know that. So you loaded them into the book, though. I, lo I love it. You're a hunter. You said I loaded them in the book. I know you're a hunter, and I loaded them in that book. You're right. Every chapter is interviews. Some are my stories. Some are stories other parents have told me. But each chapter wraps up with about a dozen verses just like that that speak to that topic. You know, speak to the need to find a job, speak to the need to uh, overcome temptation or an addiction, um, speak to the heartache of infertility. And, and so those verses come at the end of the chapter that we as parents can pray for our children. And I also, in this book, did something different I didn't do in the first one. I included prayers we can pray for ourselves mm -hmm. so that we would have wisdom, so that we could rely on God's grace, so that we could know that his strength is made perfect in our weakness when we don't know what to do. Because I don't think it's just our kids that need prayer. We do too. So I put those mm -hmm. in. And what about dealing with your, your adult children? Because it is different than, I mean, when they're younger, yeah. you can kind of organize their their structure their their schedule or whatever it is but when they're adults they free will you know they're, they're they've got their own ideas they have about their own things. ideas they and then when they run ideas. into a challenge you can't force them no. to talk about it no and you can't force them to listen to you read the bible to them you know but <laughs> you can't you, know, you can't i mean no, you you just, right. i know i know what you're saying you also gotta yeah. ask say prepare my heart Absolutely. That I might be a good listener. Yes. And that they would just know from my heart yeah. that I am praying for them. Not to, I'm praying for you, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. It, it's our attitude of our yeah. heart. That See, that's why you're such a good mother. You know, I'm telling you. That's <laughs> why. To, you know that the you love want just them comes not out. to be afraid to come no, to you, you don't if they're want struggling. To. You're right. You know? You're right. And you, you and just, I were talking earlier about the difference that, you know, all those years we're on the front lines. We're on the front lines with our kids. And then we, we move to the sidelines. And the game's still going on. But we're not on those front lines anymore. We're on the sidelines. And sometimes, I know with my kids, they're in different parts of the country. I have a daughter living in New York City. Sometimes I can't even see the playing field. I don't know what she needs, where she is, who she's with, how to pray. But that's the beauty of the Lord is that they're never out of his reach. They might not want to listen to us, but we can talk to him that's about right. them that's and right. he can work in their hearts. Yeah, so isn't that right. a beautiful yeah, comfort to parents it to it know is. they're never out of his reach? Yeah. You know, you divided this into five parts, and the last part is is praying uh, for your adult child's victory over temptation. Mm. And I think it's interesting the way you broke this out. You might want to address a couple of them, but let me just, let me just point out them. 
praying for strength to resist a party culture. Mm -hmm. And frankly, that would just be anything the culture might throw at you. It might sure. not just be the party life, sure. but whatever sure. today's culture, which is so, let's say, anti-biblical almost. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we have not had the biblical impact on our culture right. that the church should have had for years, frankly. Right. And that's where the church needs to wake up to that reality. But then praying for protection from sexual sin. Mm -hmm. And boy, that the exposure there and the temptation sure. is just so powerful. So when you're talking about temptation, that's, a, that's huge. Praying for recovery from an addiction and praying for your prodigal. Mm -hmm. So just touch on a couple of those. I'm gonna, I want to we'll come back it, it, as we kind of begin to wrap. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about how we really address that prodigal situation a yeah. little bit. But, but when you're talking about these others, the sexual sin, the party culture, the addiction. Well, the party culture, I put that in there because um, I feel like for our kids, however you feel about drinking, whether you think you know wine is okay if you're legal or not, either way, what they're looking for in alcohol, drugs, sex, any, anything that gives them pleasure or joy, it's actually creating a counterfeit joy. So while the thing in itself may or may not be wrong, when they're looking at that to provide fulfillment, satisfaction, happiness, and meaning for their lives, I mean, to me, that's every bit as dangerous as a full-on addiction. I don't want my kids to be running after counterfeit joy. Mm -hmm. I want them to run after the joy that Jesus mm -hmm. gives. And so that's, that's why good. I addressed yeah. it in, in that chapter. Um, and then what were you mentioned? The sexual the, sin the and, sexual and addiction, sin. yeah. Well, that was one, you know, when I started working on the book, my adult children said, Mom, didn't you write praying the scriptures for your teenagers? Why are you talking about <laughs> sex when these adult kids? And so I thought, huh, well, I'm going to, I am going to write about this, but I polled a lot of my peers and a lot of them weren't praying about sexual purity the way they were when their kids were 15, 16, 17. A lot of them felt sort of like, you know, the cake is baked and, and they're adults and, and, and it's, you know, they're doing what they're doing. Their bodies are their bodies. But really, I want to call parents back to that praying, whether your child is single and needing to keep their um, body pure or married. And, you know, we have the struggles with pornography. We want to honor one another in our marriages. I think parents need to be taking up that banner again to pray for protection from temptation and sin over our children. I think it should be every bit as much as, as finding a job, which was the number one chapter that resonated with people. I'll tell you what, everybody's like, you're writing a book about praying for adult children. You got anything in there about a job, you know, not, not living with me, you know, all of that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. yeah. And that's so good. Yeah. Thank you for the way you're addressing it right here. Yeah. Yeah. And then the prodigal, the, prodigal. the child that's oh. away from God. Yeah. You know, that one makes me kind of cry because... I feel like um, what God has shown me, and I know he's shown you and your viewers know this, is first of all, there is not a need we will face in parenting that he has not already provided for in his word. And there's not an experience that we'll have that he hadn't already gone before. You know, he as a father knows what it's like to be rejected, to not be listened to to have children go their own way. We've done all of that to him. And I think um, as I wrote this book, my favorite chapter of the Bible that, you know, switches every day, but as I wrote that book, Hosea, I think it's chapter 11, really came alive to me because you see the father heart of God so dearly. You see him, he says, when you were little, Israel, you know, I, and he's talking to Israel, but he's talking to us too. I, I taught you to walk. I bent down to feed you. I carried you. And you just see this love that we have for our little children when they're learning to walk and eat. And then they grow up and they walk away and they run after other things. And you see God so real in his word because he says, my anger was aroused. And we get that as parents because our kids can push our buttons. 
But then he says, my compassion overcame that and my love. And so you see him in that chapter just saying, I love you and I will pursue you. And it ends up saying he will roar and he will call them home. And I just think if you're dealing with a child who is not walking with the Lord, who's walking away from you, maybe even, even the family they love, just know that God's not going to stop pursuing that child. He will roar. He'll call them home. And we just have to you know, partner with him and say, I'm trusting you, Jesus. And it might take a while. And I don't know why he takes so long sometimes. I don't know what all he's doing. And there's some stuff in there about that. But, but, but he does. He loves our kids even more than we do. And like I said earlier, they're never out of his reach. No. So I just love that as parents, we're not going to face anything he hadn't walked through before. Yeah. So. Well, you, you've done a great job, not thank only communicating you. here, but in the book. Would you just say thank you so much to Jody for sharing her heart out of, out, of, out of her own experiences? Yeah. What a blessing. You know, our, our viewers, listen to me. I tell all our guests, I told you this mm-hmm. and other guests privately, didn't I, that there are just no greater viewers in the world mm-hmm. than life today. I believe that you not only love God, but I believe you as truly and purely love your neighbor, especially the least of these and the ones so often overlooked. Now, I can promise you, your heart's about to be touched. You know what's really wonderful about our viewers' hearts being touched? You're moved by the heart of God. And you do the very thing that's on God's heart in behalf of those who need a touch of love. I want you to watch this because you're going to have the opportunity to be, as I've said, the greatest viewers in the world because you don't just watch a television program. You look through the eyes of Jesus, and when you see something that needs His love, you become that channel through which His love, God's love, freely flows. Watch. Here at Life Outreach, we constantly encounter heartbreaking need around the world. But there are times when we meet someone experiencing a depth of pain which stops us in our tracks. That's exactly what happened when we entered the home of Ing Torn, a mother who couldn't hold back her grief as she showed us the photo of her daughter who was recently taken by contaminated water. The heart-wrenching cries of this mother overwhelmed us. Eventually, she explained their tragic situation. Cleaned water. That's all it would take for this community to not only survive, but begin to thrive. Thanks to you, we were able to provide exactly that.
What a difference right now on her face and when you saw her talking about not only having lost a child, but praying she'll not lose another one, all because of disease-ridden contaminated water. And when you look at that, that precious mother, and then of course you look at the water coming in, now that think about this, 400 wells this year, that's our goal. We've already raised the funds, thank God, because of people like you for 200 of the 400, but now, now we're saying, God, give us the miracle, give us the rest of everything we need. And it'd be wonderful if we go even beyond what the, the goal is and even reach beyond that. But Betty, we would have drilled 6,000 water wells where people would have rejoiced like that. And now then where everything has been changed and the children that were dying have grown up and now many of them are having children and they have healthy families because clean water. And we give that water for life because of the water of life, the love of God that's in us. And that's what our viewers do. And I believe the smile that was on that woman's face there at the end, so different in the, in the two expressions, I believe that's gonna be multiplied thousands of times because of our viewers. I do too, and I, I feel like I'm expressing the smile that that mother would have because I have a mother's heart and I know how much we love our children. And my heart was breaking when she'd say, I want my baby back. I want my baby back. But then she feared that she might lose her son. And now to see the great joy of what your heart and your hope and your reaching out can make, the difference it can make from heartache to true joy and big mm -hmm. smiles on their face because she has her son and he's going to be okay. Thank you. And you know, when she's expressing that joy, the missionaries are seeing that and she sees the missionaries. And you know what those missionaries tell those precious people? You know who gave you this water? People that love God and love Jesus. And they get to tell the story of Jesus and his love because they have demonstrated in a way that's undeniable, you can't miss it. So you really are doing something that speaks even louder than words, your actions do. And love in action changes everything. Would you right now please go get a bank card. Would you dial the number there on the screen that's always a prayer line for people with a broken heart or a prayer need? And that's paid for by love, you know that. It's a, it's a toll-free number paid for by love. But would you get your card and dial that number and say, I wanna make a gift of life? Or would you go on the website you see there? And then would you please help us drill those 400 water wells, 200 more needed now? The wells cost an average of 4,800 a piece. Thank God there are people every day say, I can give a well. Many people say that it becomes a joy of our year to give a well. Would you right now or give a part of a well, 1,200 or 2,400 and pray three people or two, another person joins you? We'd have a well. But you know how most of the support comes? It comes from individuals who can't give a well but realize that $48 will give 10 people water the rest of their life because the well will last that village for the rest of those people's lives. It's amazing what love does. 144 will give 30 people water the rest of their life. Would you right now, asking God to direct you, would you get that card, that bank card, and use it like a check? Please do. If you make a check, make it to life. 
but call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. Thank you so much for doing it. Let's see a lot of mother's faces light up with joy that she has a secure future for her precious children. No more heartache. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thanks for making the call, for making the gift. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a new beginning for thousands of children and their families. A bright future with better health. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the miracles of Christ, what living beyond impossible looks like. Filled with scriptures, prayers, and stories of Jesus' miraculous power, James Robison adds insight about how to walk in faith and live beyond the impossible. With your gift of $100 or more, request the morning and evening coffee mug set. Each mug features beautiful artwork and scripture from Psalm 92.2, a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness each day. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, we're sending the miracles of Christ, what living beyond the impossible looks like, uh, things that I've shared about the miracles of God and then our guests have shared. It's just, a, it's a fabulous gift book. You'll just love the way it's laid out in the pictures. And uh, we want to say thank you. The beautiful cups for the evening and the morning. I'm telling you, they're beautiful. And uh, the Bridge of Faith, the Thomas Kincaid the canvas painting that's framed. If you can give a, a gift toward that well of $1,200 or more, we send you that along with the other gifts, the beautiful painting. If you'd like to have Jody's book, pray in the scriptures for your adult children. And I have an idea if you have small ones, she's probably gonna have some pretty good suggestions in here, just what she says about praying for children. But if you'd say, James, would you send me that book? I'm gonna help give water to those kids and their families, those parents. And I'd like to have the book. You just ask for it. And yes, we'll send it to say thank you. Would all of you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Jody for being a blessing to us today. Jody, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Love to your family. Thank you. Thank all of you. Are you concerned about your family being ill-equipped to manage resources when you pass away? 
Do you want to leave a legacy gift that impacts the lives of others? As a free service to our friends and partners, Life Planning Services, a ministry of Life Outreach International, is here to help with your estate planning needs and chart your financial future. Do not put off this important step to protect your loved ones and leave a lasting legacy. Contact Life Planning Services today. Tomorrow, Michelle Rigby Assad, a former undercover officer in the CIA, is breaking cover to tell how God used her to save lives. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.